stupid. It's Friday night in Phoenix. You're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. Fucking take two. <laughs> I'm Matt. And I am. Can you hear me, Kyle? I think I think we can hear you now, Kyle. Hello. Hello out there. Can you guys hear me? Please let <laughs> me know if you could hear me. Yes, please type in the chat if you can hear Kyle. I'm sure you can this time. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Like I said, it's not the Absolute Geek Podcast unless there's problems. And breaker, breaker, one niner. Yeah. Hey, big dog, can you hear me, little dog? <laughs> big dog, can you hear little dog? Come on back. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Solo can says what? Solo, can you hear Kyle? Kyle, can can you be heard by the masses? Of... Okay, so Solo hears me now. Okay, good. I'm glad. I don't know if he does or doesn't. Yes, there we go. Solo can hear you, he says. All right, sweet. (laughs) Okay, so back to my story. (laughs) So, yes, to recap where we were before, Kyle is in San Diego because he hates Arizona, and it's cold there at night. Go, Kyle. There it is. And, um, yeah, and I had to wear a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Riveting stuff. (laughs) No, we were we were staying at these places called the Beach Cottages, and I'll let you know right now, there's no social distancing in California. Whatever they say on the news that California's extra, extra into this whole fucking uh, social distancing, social distancing virus stuff. Nope, I, there was a dance club. It was downstairs in, t- in like catty corner from me. From like three o'clock in the afternoon to like two o'clock at night, and there was a line, and there was no distancing, and it was fucking packed all night long. People getting arrested, fucking boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. I had fireworks stuck in my head for two days because of that fucking thing. It was so loud, like you could. It was so loud. Katy Perry. Yeah. Firework. <laughs> oh, well, it's, I guess it's a good, good old school trip to just have issues, right? That's, that brings it, back good memories, huh? It made me feel like at home, like I was at home. <laughs> well, that's good because when you come back here, you want to feel at home. Yes. You feel at home. That's, that's part of it. What we're doing, why you do the show, so to, to come back to your roots. And what's better than to have a couple of issues when you come back to your roots? <laughs> I think it's awesome. I mean, some of our best stuff has come on take two or three, right? So Yes, yes it has. What are you going to do? I wish, you showed me something else today. I wish I, I had the, the video that you sent me pulled up right now. The video I sent you in front of my house? Yes. Oh my god! I'll resend it to you so you can pull it up real quick. Yes, the video you had of you in front of your house. 
Yeah, here, here. Of the the crazy dude? Of the crazy dude, yes. It was insane. There, I sent it to you. Did you, uh, now, did you hear any of this going on? Or you just checked your camera and you were like, oh, shit. No, we were shooting pool. And, and, you know, like the fans on and all that stuff's going on. And and we just, like, we heard somebody screaming, but we couldn't hear it, like, clear. <laughs> so we were like, what the fuck is going on out there? Like, what the hell? What is this? And so, like, I, I went and I grabbed my phone. I was like, well, we'll look on the camera real quick. And I looked at the camera and that happened. And I was like. So, of course, Nubia runs outside. I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> she was going to go try to help him? I don't know if she was trying to help him, be nosy. Like, I, like you know, like by the time we went outside, like, he was gone. Like, gone, gone. And, uh, and so, like, we kind of, like, walked around and made sure, like, somebody wasn't, like, dead in the street or, like, hurt or... We were making sure, like, but then we walked outside and there's nobody. There's no crowds of people. There's nobody came outside to address the issue that had happened. So this is the the issue I think you're talking about. This is the issue. I'm t- I didn't want to give anything oh. away because it's Help! crazy. Help! 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 <laughs> so for the, the audio listeners it's literally a ring doorbell camera video of someone in his neighborhood just running the screen and a wife beater screaming help I like how your light gets brighter all of a sudden at the end of your driveway there <laughs> dude it's it's a stupid light at the yeah the light of my driveway there's like a you know a street light but it goes off and on all the time because it's fucking stupid and the city won't fix it I just like how nobody nobody comes out. Just nobody. Like, this, is, this isn't any of our business here. We're and good. Like, he gets closer to the end of the street, and he's like, he's. Ta- I don't know if he's talking to somebody or himself. Yeah. So we're like, all right. So Nubia broadcasts. Yeah. Like, what are you fucking doing? Some crazy dude yeah. screaming help. We just, you know what? Yeah. If we see a body yeah. in the camera, or something, we'll just call the five O, and we'll <laughs> let them deal with it. Oh man. And it was just help, help, help. <laughs> Solo says, "Sounds like he was yelling MILF." I don't, I don't know if he was yelling MILF. I listened a few times. I think he's yelling help. He definitely sounds like he's screaming help. But not one person came out. By the time we got outside, he was gone. The whole neighborhood was quiet. There was nobody out there. So, says, oh. And says, I hear MILF too. <laughs> Maybe it was MILF then. Maybe it was MILF. Tom <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matt Kyle must be a Saturday night in Phoenix, Arizona. No, sir. It is it's Friday. Friday. <laughs> it is It is definitely Friday. Saturdays. Saturdays go off a little bit better than what just happened here. Not, not Barely. Not, yeah. Barely. But, you know. What are you going to do? <laughs> Corbin says, damn, your neighborhood seems worse than mine. Dude, I like, I love watching, like, I don't know if you're on, since you have a ring, you should be on, like, the neighborhood app. Mm-hmm. And people, the videos they post up there, like, this guy 
Last week, this guy posted a video of one in Youngstown where he's got his garage open and this dude walks in. He's like, I need toilet paper. I need toilet paper. Excuse me. Do you have toilet paper? And the guy's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like screaming out of his shit. And the guy just like jogs out. He's like, get out of here. Just like the shit you see on people's cameras is. There's a dude around here that's dressed up like an like he like in an Amazon shirt, mm-hmm. stealing packages. Really? <laughs> yeah, like all around like my neighborhood where I live. There's people like they they've got they're posting the videos of it, and he's got like an Amazon shirt. And he's got you know how they wear like the the like blue like, vest, like the high visible vest. Yeah, yeah, and he's and there he's walking up like he's from Amazon. He picks up the package, and then he walks back to his car, and he fucking leaves. And he's just doing it all over the neighborhood. Jeez. That's pretty awesome. I don't know. I mean, you get people stealing packages, stealing catalytic converters. <laughs> well, yeah, Aaron was telling me that uh, she read on her little Nextdoor app that somebody in her little complex where she lives, they got hit the other night, and they jacked four catalytic converters. From, from cars. Hey man, those are those are high dollar items. They are very high dollar items right now. I don't know what you do with them. Like, if do you sell them to AutoZone? Sell them to junkyards and get because they got precious metals in them that are worth a lot of ton, a lot of money. Oh, you recycle them? Yeah. Oh. And it says my neighborhood is boring. I haven't had f- any fun stuff like that since I lived in Tacoma. Hmm. But. Well, yeah, I live in fancy schmancy Scottsdale. So people no, that I don't know where you live. People that live that have listened to this show before have heard your story about you and Nubia in the ocean. So did did you go in? Did she scream shark again? Did she get pushed down did, as you ran away? She did not scream shark this time. She thought about her words, and uh, she. <laughs> I I got I got in I got in. I see the fish like this big, dude, and I was out. That motherfucker wanted to eat me. <laughs> so I bounced. You. It was like this big, dude. It wanted to eat me. <laughs> it did, dude. It looked hungry. Just, it wanted looked to, like it. just wanted to nibble the skin off your eagle talon toes. That's all. I tried to fight it off with my eagle talons. <laughs> I tried to scratch it away, just, but just kick it at it as it's coming, as it's swimming at you. Just, just trying to give I it just the boot. Got out real quick, and he's like, "What the fuck?" I said, "There's a fish out." <laughs> I'm good. I'm out. She's like, "What do you mean there was a fish?" I said, "It was like this big." I'm out. That shit's gonna eat me. <laughs> Ish says, "Even Scottsdale has a ghetto." Yeah, and and I tell I tell my fiance that she leaves in it every time. We have this discussion. She's like, where you live is the ghetto. I'm like, fuck, where you live is the ghetto. I was like, I don't have people having, like, mental breakdowns on the, on the corners where I live. I don't have, you know, homeless everywhere I turn where I live. I don't live two steps away from strip clubs in, like, the red light district. But I, I live in the ghetto, according to her. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. See, she said, please don't get them started. Too late. Yeah, she lives Too in the late. ghetto. She knows it. She just doesn't want to admit it. The ghettos. The ghettos of Scottsdale. And she always goes, why do you think there's homeless people all over Scottsdale? Because the people have money. 
Uh, I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to get creepy hobo stabbed in Scottsdale. <laughs> we did one thing. That's what we did. We bought a bunch of food because we stayed in like a, a place that had like a stove and a microwave and all that stuff. So instead of going out to eat every night, we just we went to the store, bought a bunch of stuff, and then uh, we just cooked and snacked every day. And we were nice. We made sandwiches and a bunch of stuff, and we walked around and gave it to all the homeless people on the boardwalk. Nice. Gave them bananas. Did they appreciate it? Or did they throw it at you and be like, I want money instead? No, they were actually very appreciative. They said, thank you. They they said, they called Nubia a saint. And they said, whatever they're not going to eat, they're going to pass along to other homeless people throughout the day. Nice. So you guys essentially just created a little COVID farm because they're going to huddle up and nibble on sandwiches together. <laughs> yes. Have some ham and turkey sandwiches. <laughs> Ish as the hobos are classier in Scottsdale. True story. All right. Snotsdale. Snobsdale. Yes. Uh, yeah, it it looks real hoboey by where I work with all the girls on the pedal on the pedal carts drinking and screaming and singing. <laughs> uh, it's the solo that joke was funny in 1994. Good to <laughs> good to see everyone in the chat tonight. I want to thank everyone for stopping by. You know, and Ish Solo, uh, Corbin was here for a little bit. Aaron, thank you all for for joining us tonight. I I'm ridiculous. Okay, I can't help that you live in the ghetto. That's all can't right. Can't forget about Ish's wife. She's in here too. Is she somehow she got like the ultimate YouTube ban and had to. Uh, start a whole new uh, profile just so she could come on the Saturday show and make fun oh, of her old man. That sucks. Flipside. She didn't get banned on Flipside. I think YouTube said YouTube dropped lady, the hammer. Yeah, YouTube was like, you are trolling your husband way too much. We are dropping the ban hammer. Hold on. We gotta we gotta calm you down here a little bit, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Solo says, I wasn't going to shit on the sidewalk, but after the bananas from that nice couple, I got a snag of grumpy. <laughs> we gave him bottles of water. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, for, So uh, before we get into, uh, it, it's part of geek news, but before we get into a little bit, I want to talk about, looks like we're turning the corner on this thing because it looks like uh, Phoenix Comic Con is going to go in January, huh? How genius of them to do it when it's fucking nice outside. Fan Fusion, I salute you. Well, they tried to do it when it was Fan Fest in November, but it's like they try to do it before Christmas when everyone doesn't want to spend money because they're Christmas shopping. So they're going to do it after Christmas when they're all broke? Yeah, <laughs> do it after <laughs> Christmas when they're all broke, right? Or where you're going to go there and spend your Christmas money. But you're going to spend a shit ton of money getting your ticket in there because I bet you their ticket prices will be crazy since they haven't had a convention in two years. Oh, man. I can't wait to start seeing, like, the first set of guests roll out and see who the fuck, you know, who they're going to be. Yeah. It's going to be the same guest that they had probably last year. <laughs> that they we never got to see? <laughs> yeah. Or two years ago. Like, they're still honoring people's tickets if you bought them for the 2020 convention. 
I would hope, um, as far as I, I've seen, they're still honoring him. So, Fat Punisher, come on, Phoenix, right? You can't beat <laughs> Fat Punisher. But Oh, man. But now I'm stoked. It would be nice to go to Little Con again. I would love to see them come out of the gates big, though. Like, I would love to see, like, a Donny Cates. I would love to see some big, big comic book names and come out of the gates hard after two years. Get people excited in this convention again instead of the same old drab that they have Who year after can they years. Get? Who can they get? Maybe What's Patrick what? Stewart will finally show up since he was only supposed to be here years ago and never re reconfirmed. But I want to get a picture of him kissing me like he does Magneto. <laughs> There you go. That'll be awesome. I don't. I don't know if they're gonna let you kiss with COVID, bud. But I'll go like this. Put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> you should just get a mask that's just lips and have him kiss the mask. No, I'm gonna do like that one chick did on Facebook. I'm gonna get a mask that looks like my face. There you go. But I'll have him like I'll do like duck lips, so that it looks like I'm gonna kiss Patrick Stewart. So are you, I mean, are you ready to go back to a con? Are you gung-ho to go back to to Phoenix Fan Fusion when they open it up? Are you going to feel comfortable doing all that? I think it's going to be weird. Because this whole thing's you know, in the back of your head now, like, germs, that person's got germs, that person's got germs, that person stinks, that person has germs. Everybody has germs, Kyle, just, just so you're I know, but. But now you're like it's like it's gonna you're like more hyper focused on it. Yeah. Even even if you don't believe the virus is real or whatever your stance is on it, you, it's still like this thing that's gonna be lingering. Yeah. The kind of cool thing though is hopefully it's not elbows to assholes or nuts to butts. Yeah, I'll be interested. Like, I, 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 I kind of feel like. Maybe they got to come out heavy with the the guests to get that interest back because people are going to be like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to go to this convention. I don't know if I want to be around these people and and deal with this. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do to to lure you back in. I think there's going to be a lot of plexiglass. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of... um, there's not going to be a lot of lingering. I think it's going to be a lot more informal than it's been in past years. Like, you know how you could walk up and kind of chit chat. I think yeah. you're not going to get a lot of the chit chatting. I think it's going to be a lot of one and done one and done. Thank you. Thank you. Along. Yeah. I yeah. think there's going to be, there's not going to be a lot of conjugating. There's not going to be a lot of, I think they're going to disperse groups. They're not going to let people like clump up. Like what happens at, Phoenix Comic Con or Comic Cons, yeah. you know, where people start. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I think people are going to be, I think the numbers will be low. But at the same time, I don't. Like, if you go outside and look, like, just it's packed. Bars are packed. Restaurants are packed. Like, maybe it will just be the same. I, I wouldn't. People seem to be kind of over it. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't care what people's opinion is on the vaccine. Like that's your business if you want to get it or not. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 
a vaccinated only type ordeal or like they limit yeah or like they limit the number of people in the vendor hall at one time i don't know it's gonna be interesting well that'll suck if like you have to take a number like number 34 (laughs) 34 you can now enter the convention center please number 34 Right. You have 45 seconds to enter the convention hall. Yeah. Like you're at the DMV. Yeah. Now what? serving 47. I think it's going to be, I don't know, it might not be that bad, but yeah, it might. I mean, there might be one entrance and one exit and they're, they're clicking and they might stop you. So I'm taking it that Ann Wilson Phillips must be Ish's wife. Correct. All right. So she says that uh, if she gets to go, she's strapping her kid to her chest and de- chest and dressing him like Modoc. That's fantastic. Yes, that will be awesome. That will be super dope. I hope I hope you, you get to go so we can see that. But Ish says Patrick Stewart knows nothing about Star Trek or X Men, like shockingly little. So he just promotes an upcoming project for two hours. Dude, he. How many seasons in Star Trek The Next Generation is he's got to have like a sliver of like Star Trek knowledge. It says because of HIPAA, they can't legally ask for vaccination documents, right? I, I think it's because it's private property. They can do whatever they want. Or you have to, they, they might not ask you for your document, but like when you go to buy your ticket, because I know like when I went to Hawaii, you had to upload your show that you got COVID tested within 72 hours of your flight um, on a state website. So they might make some sort of website where when you are bake it so that when you go to buy your ticket, you have to upload your vaccination card to show it. Like you're not showing it at the door or anything, but it might be something you have to show to buy tickets. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I just, I just know that there's a lot of events that are vaccinated only. So I like, I'm not even sure if the NFL is going to do that right now because I know they're opening up games and the Suns started letting more people in during the playoffs. So who knows what they're oh, going to do? Speaking of the Suns, what is the Suns score right now? I don't does know. Anybody know? I didn't even know they were playing tonight. Say what? They're in the motherfucking playoffs. Uh, I know they're in the playoffs. 45 36, Suns. Thanks. Thanks, ESPN. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thanks, ESPN. That sucks, though, to hear from Ish and his wife that Patrick Stewart sucks. Did you think it would just he would be like he would be awesome to listen to all the cool shit that he's been into? But you know, and it's it's a job to him, you know, and we don't look at it like that. Him being Jean Luc Picard was just a job. It was just something that got money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess I mean I guess I could see that too. Oh yeah, he's Professor X. Yeah, but he just had to spit some lines out, and they did a little bit of editing, and he got some money. Hmm. Damn. Now now I don't want to go to Comic Con. I'm not going now. Well, because Patrick Stewart's an asshole, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. Allegedly. An asshole. That is not the opinion of this podcast. Just, just people in the chat. You could, 
you can send all your they, complaints about as, as two huge Star Trek fans. If that's what they say, then I believe them. She says, seriously, the last time I saw him at a Star Trek convention, all he talked about was women's shelters and his current really lame project. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. If you have any complaints about the Patrick Stewart slander, you can send, send them <laughs> You can send those complaints to Brian McClay at Tales from the Flipside. <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, don't bring him here. I appreciate your opinion, but. We don't need to hear. Not that much. Right. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit of news here. I want to talk bad idea. Boy, was it. Yes. Yes, it was. So if you're not familiar, bad idea was this independent comic book publisher that was started up where they were going to do things differently. And you had to go to the shops and you had to pre-order your books and once you I mean, pre-ordered they did things differently, they just did it for like a year and that's it. Yeah. When you pre-ordered the, the first issue, you had to automatically subscribe to the rest of the series and doing so hurt the store and their numbers. And if you didn't want to subscribe, they had a not first issue issue that you could buy. And what, how long would they last three months? How many books have they put out? Two? I thought it's been a year. No, this is this just started. Like they their first book just came out a few months ago. So apparently over the last couple of days, they've announced that bad ideas kaput. It's closing down closing the doors. The whole thing was a shoot. Yep. <laughs> so it says bad idea is planning to cease operations by the end of the year. The company has revealed how it plans to release its final wave of titles. And I want to get your opinion on this. So on June 17th, bad idea will announce its final five stores, titles and creators or stories, titles and creators. However, one day prior, the company will host a final five pre-order day event, which gives readers the chance to preemptively secure bad ideas, final five issues. Okay. So here's the details on the Bad Idea Final Five pre-orders. So the Final Five is made up of five titles, 15 issues, on sale between August and December. You have to connect with a Bad Idea Destination store only on Wednesday, June 16th, in person, or by other means to accept uh, to be accepted by the store. Pre-orders, all five of the Final Five titles, when you pre-order them, you're pre-ordering all five of the final titles with the store. You're pre-ordering blind. No titles, no story details, no creative teams. Only the cover price and number of issues will be released on June 16th. You're going to consult your store for their pre-order requirements. If you're one of the first 10 people to pre-order all five titles at your store, you'll be awarded a swanky Final Five Redemption sticker. The sticker can be used... The sticker can be used to redeem for Bad Idea one copy of the first book in the Final Five lineup. Why would you need to redeem another copy of a book you've just pre-ordered? They say, trust us, we've got pl- what we've got planned, you're going to want to help. They say we got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's all a shoot. I, I don't know, man. Like, you have to pre-order... Going blind, you can't. You don't know who's doing what. You don't need the title of the book. 
you're you're pre-ordering all 15 issues. I don't, I don't know. It it it, it it's smart on their part because people are going to be buying it up for the spec and to up the prices on the secondary market. Yes. But but does that do anything to the does that kill that secondary market though because they're going out of business. They're they're dropping down the hole. Definitely no second prints then. <laughs> says man Corbett says man Harry Matt explained this makes it sound even more stupid than it first appeared yeah I just <laughs> I don't I don't get it like I, I don't who it makes me wonder who this is for like come, you're gonna go spend your hard earned money to go pre-order all five is of, of the final titles all 15 issues no, you know, sight unseen. All you're getting there, you get, you're getting no title, no story details, no creative teams. Only the cover price and the number of the issues will be released. It doesn't tell you if you're getting one through fifteen of these issues too. You could, you could end up only getting like three, seven, five, fifteen. Awesome yeah, like, <laughs> and then they're like, you get this final sticker. So what? You redeem this sticker to get a copy of the book that you didn't get. So if you didn't get number one, they're like, oh well. You know, we're going to be play Willy Wonka and you give us this golden ticket. You turn it back in and lo and behold, you can get issue one or you can get issue two that you're missing. Or I just. To go with Ish's comment, I would say probably not. It really doesn't matter at this point. Well, according to this, you do. You have to still maintain their their rules for the final well, 15 issues. Idea? Right. Well. Big whoop. So it makes people, you know, you hear rumblings of the people, the de- the dealers out there that sat on these books, and now they're gonna just start pop. You're gonna start seeing them go up like crazy. <laughs> Fucking Corbin. The <laughs> worst idea that when the Corbin train comes back to my ex station. Dang Corbin. <laughs> beep beep, right Corbin? Beep beep. It was a bad idea from the beginning and it's showing even more that there's a reason why they called it bad idea is because it's just getting worse and worse and now they're done. So that was easy. Yeah. So everybody that got on their knees <laughs> over this shit that are how's that? How you feeling now? Right. <laughs> oh man, I can't that's so funny. Makes you wish if you actually got the chance to interview him, you really would have grilled him when he when you had the chance. Yes, a little bit harder than and, and not kiss any ass. Or not, I mean, right. I'm not anybody that got to interview him. You probably really are kicking yourself in the ass now, saying, "Fuck, I wish I really would have grilled him." Because you know, here we are a few months later, kaput. getting lost in the comments no i'm just i'm just it's my head is still literally spinning on how stupid this is and if you really like how how the allure of like something as stupid as a sticker drives people like i gotta be first in line to get this book because i get a button a big ass button it's like the you're getting a cheap commodity to throw money into something to go in a blind it just 
it boggles the mind. But <laughs> I see Thomas the Tank Engine in Corbin's face. Soon uh, it will be Grizz. Soon. Yeah. No. It's not. It's not going to be the absolute couch in, cruncher geeks. No. In July. In no, July, no, no, Grizz no. It will be. No, sir. You're going to absolutely be fucking crunching some couches with geeks. <laughs> it's going to stay the same. <laughs> well, it's Friday Night Phoenix. You're listening to the Absolute Couch Crunching Geeks. Yeah. I'm your host, Lance. I mean, I can't tell you guys apart. That's why you can't I, that's why you can't have Kyle and Lance on the same yeah, show cuz you can't tell them apart. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Cheap, cheap shot. <laughs> I love Lance. It's all good. Cheap shot. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about, we got a, uh, the trailer for the new Masters of the Universe Netflix series being done by Kevin Smith with an all-star studded voice cast that includes Mark Hamill. What? What did I miss? Oh, Grizz? Oh, you waving the hair. <sighs> Are you excited for... Did you see the trailer for Masters of the Universe 1? No, but it's already something that I loved when I was a kid, so I already give it four couch cushions. Kyle's going in with that high heat. So, comic news, and I'm going to put that that website on blast, has come out with a story already. By The the author's name is Matt McGolan. Lambasting Kevin Smith saying that Kevin Smith is a liar. Kevin Smith says that he's a, a he's a huge <laughs> Master of the Universe fan, that he's not <laughs> ass munch kings. No! <laughs> uh, that I have to shave my head to fit in. <laughs> <Yes>. Probably. <laughs> I'll just wear a bald cap. You know, Maybe we know, we're, no, we're not, I'm not about, I'm not a, Below the going first, out for the shtick. The first episode, you totally need a bald cap. All right, done. I will buy a bald cap just for that. Dude, it's good. I will so I will go on the first episode with a bald cap. Bad. <laughs> Do it, yeah. But so you, you gotta open up the show going geeker geeker. <laughs> breaker breaker, it's Friday night in Phoenix. No, you got to be like, since it's, it's absolute geek, got to be like, geeker, geeker. It's Friday <laughs> geeker, night. Geeker. <laughs> but, yeah, so we got the Master of the Universe trailer. And then, so, comic news, comicbooknews.com is just lambasting Kevin Smith for saying that he's a huge Master of the Universe fan and that he made this whole video of himself basically like crying because he gets to work on this project and that he loves masters of the universe and it's calling back to his childhood and it touches his heart. And then, so this guy was like, well, I'm going to go lambasting. And he calls back to an old tweet from Kevin Smith from January that says, I wasn't a He-Man fan, but gallery 1988 is running an awesome masters of the universe art show. (laughs) So he, and then he's like saying that he used to love the toys and, Kevin Smith was saying was quoted as saying, um, "Everything I've worked on in the like 27 years is easily in the top five of my favorites, most satisfying project." A He-Man super fan who showruns um, and executive produces 
with Mattel Television. Uh, when I die, they'll be like, he made Clerks, remember? Because that's the most memorable thing I think I've ever done. I think this has a running sh- uh, shot at being like, hey, he made Clerks in that one cartoon that one time. Like, you could be a super fan, man. If you weren't a fan of it as a kid, it doesn't mean you can't be a fan. I mean, I don't know why you got to go land. I, I mean, the, guy, the, the guys, I mean, he did, he did, did he, I mean, he tweeted and said he wasn't a big He-Man fan. Yeah, Kevin Smith tweeted out and said he's no, he wasn't a big He-Man fan or Master of the Universe big, growing up. Now, now he's a big Master. Now he's a big Master of the Universe fan. Look, a little bit of money, a little bit of money will make me a big massive fan of anything, right? You know what? A little bit of money will make me fucking love my childhood too, <laughs> right? A little bit but of money, no hurt. I mean, he's got a point. He is kind of a fucking liar. Uh, I don't. I don't have yeah, a problem with it. Like, I mean, t- the dude's right. In January, he said he wasn't a big Masters Universe fan, and now he's talking about how it goes back to his childhood. He's kind of a liar. <laughs> Grizz says busted. He also said girls had uh, once had cooties and didn't want to be around them. Yep. Now that's all he talks about <laughs> his vagina. See, nonstop. He's just a nonstop liar. <laughs> Look, I mean. You can go back and and relive something and and become a fan of it, you know. And I fell you appreciate it later. Ago, and now I love it in my childhood. Look, we'll look at it today. Like you still got people watching Friends and Seinfeld and all Malcolm in the Middle and all these classic TV shows, but they're not going back and saying it reminds them of their no childhood. right, but. They could have been this previously said, I don't like friends because they've never watched it. That would be like me saying, I don't like friends because I've never watched it and I refuse to watch it. Going and watching it and be like, I'm a super but fan. That's not now. what he said, but that's different. That's not what he said. He doesn't, he just doesn't say, I'm a super fan now. Yeah. Well, he says, it brings me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. It's different than saying, okay, I didn't like it then, but I like it now. Now, if he would have said, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but now I have a lot more respect for it now, and now I enjoy it, is different than saying, I wasn't a big fan of it, and then saying, bringing a tear to your eye, because Kevin Smith always cries, and saying, (laughs) I love, this reminds me of being fucking 12 years old, or 9 years old. Yeah. Chris says he also smokes a lot of pot. It's as I know from many heavy pot smokers, stories change. Yes. One day it's one thing, and the next day you're pitched something else. But you know what? Kevin Smith, I'll give you a pass on it. You've I mean, given me enough entertainment, you get the pass. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you through. I'm letting you in the club. How nice of you, Kyle. You're still A-OK in my book. <laughs> so, and says, he does always cry, LOL. He cries, he's been crying a lot lately. Yes. Uh, Tom McFarlane is releasing... He's not really crying, he's just stoned. Yeah, there you go. Tom McFarlane is releasing a new line of toys, getting into the Nickelodeon lines now with Avatar The Last Airbender. So if you're an Avatar fan and you've been waiting for good figures, collectibles, Tom McFarlane's releasing those. I don't think they look like his best work. 
and as Marco refers to him as Mick Turd. I'm a huge fan of this series, The Last Airbender, Avatar: Last Airbender. Um, but not, I don't think those are the best work as far as the figures go. So if you're into Avatar, you can be on the lookout for those. They don't look too bad. Nah. I want that. I bet you they're. I, I bet you they're gonna look better in the package. Maybe. I'm. I still Things might look better in packages. It'll look bigger. I still might collect it for the nostalgia value for when I have kids and I show them this series and be like, here you go. You but I didn't really this. like it. But I didn't really like it when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> I didn't really like it when I was a kid. I appreciated it more when I was an adult. <laughs> Wedding Crashers 2. We got a confirmation from Owen Wilson that Wedding Crashers 2 is in development but will not be rushed. Is this even a movie that needs a sequel? Which means it's never going to see the light of day. Probably not. It's something they're throwing around and they're fucking around with, and it's it, 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 it's it's just something that it's they're just tickling everyone's balls. But what are you really gonna do? What they should do is funeral crashers. Yes, they should. <laughs> That's what they should do. And yes. it should be it should and Owen Wilson and uh, shouldn't be in it, but it should be Will Farrow teaching his next students funeral crashing. Yeah, or or it should be like, I don't know, maybe it should be Vince Vaughn or, or Owen Wilson teaching the next generation to, to wedding crash. But I, I like your idea. I like your, your pitch better that it's Will Ferrell's <laughs> character pitching how to funeral crash. Chaz Reinhold. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Ish, I think that would be come with that heat says Kevin Smith's spine is a my pillow. Dang. Those my pillows are kind of uncomfortable. And Wilson Phillips says she'd watch that movie. There you go. You might have a you might have a a pitch there, Kyle. Hey man, it's not the first time I've got something right on this show. <laughs> I I can't even get the audio right, so I mean I'll give you credit there. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> Aaron says, Ma, the meatloaf. We want it. Ma! What is she doing back there? I never know what she's doing back there. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That would be cool. The crash of funerals. Yes. So this week, also, back to to my favorite celebrity crush here, Mr. Kevin Smith. Um, I bring them up again because... Uh, CBR this week did a, they went through and ranked Kevin Smith movies by the um, ratings critics gave them. And I said, we've talked about Kevin Smith a lot on this show over the last couple of years, last six years, give or take, that this show's been going on. And I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And it's the one thing, like on MCM, we you guys do top five lists. That's the no, one thing we've never done is rank Kevin Smith movies. No. So, so this is what uh, CBR says the top Kevin Smith movies are. And then I'm going to show you my rankings or where I think the top Kevin Smith movies are. And then I, I don't know if Kyle did it too, but he can probably throw it together real quick. So they're saying, I'm pretty fucking lazy, so I'm going to have to. 13 is Cop Out. That's Cop Out is his worst movie. 12 at Yoga Hosers. You have 11 at Jersey Girl. 10 at Tusk. 
Nine is Jane's Island Bob Strike Back. Eight was Mall Rats. Seven was Red State. Six is Clerks 2. Five is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Four is Zack and Mary Make a Porno. Three is Dogma. Two is Chasing Amy. And number one is Clerks. Some of this I agree with. Not all of it. So here's my list as a Kevin Smith fan. Here's Corbin says they all suck. Yeah. Just ban him. <laughs> so here's here's my list. All right, uh, my Kevin Smith super fan definitive. My in my opinion, quotations in my opinion, best list number thirteen. Yoga hosers. I think yoga hosers is the biggest piece of shit he ever made. You're so lucky. I can't mute you. You you like yoga hosers? I loved yoga hosers. Uh, I dude no. Like as a that's like the one Kevin Smith movie I never I didn't want to finish. Like I just Dude, that's that I like I watched that one twice in a row. I watched it and then I watched it again. That movie is it's, so bad. It's like it's funny because it's the ultimate like Kevin Smith teen girl movie. And I love those kind of movies. Like, I love the high school movies, and I love stuff like that. So them doing something about two girls that, like, they're... You walk where, Corbin? <laughs> to, a, to a show you don't come to? Um, <laughs> <laughs> to a show that you put stuff on the outline for and still don't show up to? <laughs> um, it's it's funny. It's It's just crazy. It's just... It's... it's it's very undervalued. It's very unappreciated. I appreciate Johnny Depp's daughter's role in this movie. I appreciate Harley Quinn Smith's role in this movie. But I think the Bratsies and that it's whole hilarious. thing is the dumbest. It's fucking funny. The dumbest thing. I just, to me, that's that's his worst. Number 12, Cop Out. Cop Out, there's, there's still some it's enjoyment there. in this movie. A little Tracy bit. Morgan is, anything with Tracy Morgan is horrible. I think he makes this movie. He's so. I think un- Bruce Willis no, is the no, hard no, part. No, 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 no. Bruce Willis is the hard, no. the hard one to put up with in this movie. I, just, just kidding, Corbin. I love you. I just can't. I can't do it. Corbin says, "Yep." So, I love you. Like the Sean William <laughs> Scott, I think it's funny in this movie. I just. I think Bruce Willis is the problem with the cop-out. I love Tracy Morgan in this movie. Number 11, Tusk. I love Tusk for what it was. Here's my issue with Tusk. It's two different movies. It's a fantastic movie. Like, you're all, when you watch the first half of the movie, you're like, I can't believe I'm watching a Kevin Smith movie. And then when they transform him into the walrus, you're like, all right, I'm watching a Kevin Smith movie. Like I think what happened with Tusk is it's one of those really cool ideas, and then he's writing the script and he looks up and he goes, "Hey Scott, there's nowhere to go with this." Yeah, he's like, "What do you mean, Scott? I'm telling you, I've got as far as I can go." And Scott says, "You know what? Just make him into a fucking walrus." Ah, fuck it. All right. 
and they just wrote it out, man. And they just, they had to finish it, man. Cause they, they, whatever it was, but well, yeah, the whole premise of this movie was conceptualized on their podcast, their smodcast. And you're right. Very much like that. He was him and Scott Mosier were going back and forth about ideas for it, but it's just like the acting in it was really, really good up until they turned him into the walrus. Justin Long was phenomenal in this movie up until they turn him into the walrus. And then they do like, when they change him, they do like that dramatic, like pan, like super zoom shot. And it's like, all right, this is, this is where the problem with this movie comes in. So number 11 with Tusk for me, number 10 red state. I, you know, for this being Kevin Smith's first, well, I wouldn't say first, but one of his first ventures out of the view askew averse and just being like, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. It's, it's a good movie and it's not something you expect from him. At times I think the acting is a little off as, as far as like the main kids go. And it follows this, this, if you've never seen red state, it's kind of like Westboro Baptist church. It follows a small group of very religious convent that kids kidnaps these kids and, and, and stuff. And, and it's trying to sacrifice him and kill him and, yeah. I hope he didn't make Corbin mad. I don't think he did. But for what it was, Red State is a very unconventional Kevin Smith movie. If it's not his normal, you know, dick and fart stoner joke movies, it, it it's a good suspense slash horror film at his first take at it. Um, I I think it's an okay movie. It's it's you know probably one of his better non-VSQ movies if you're going to put it up there with Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Uh, Number nine, Jersey Girl. Look, I'll admit it. Jersey Girl is a guilty pleasure. I like this movie. I think George Carlin's fantastic in this movie. I think Ben Affleck is fantastic in this movie. Liv Tyler's good in it. Liv Tyler's fantastic. Liv Tyler looks hot as ever in this movie. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to the show long enough, you know there's a a special connection between Kyle and Liv Tyler. You know? Mm -hmm. It just Will Smith makes an appearance. I just think there's a lot of good stuff in this movie, and it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Um, so I just think Jersey Girl deserves number nine. Number eight, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. One of the better Jane Silent Bob movies. Um, it, it's kind of like Jane Silent Bob movie. It's my, my I put it so low because it's their first. It's your first forte of these characters, and it's almost like he's reintroducing these characters to you and you're seeing them go on this, this grandiose adventure, but we've kind of gotten to know Jay and Silent Bob and the through the, the missile. You're kind of already following the adventures of Jay and Silent Bob through Clark's dogma chasing Amy. They, they all play, they play pivotal roles in these movies. So I just kind of feel like as a, as though this is a fun movie, it's kind of like a, a not needed movie in the mythos of the VSQ universe. But Oh, I no, still, I still love it. <laughs> it was, I that movie the, I made, fuck itself. I made sure. I remember I went to the movies and I went to like opening. Like this is one of the few times I hurried out to the movies to go watch like the first. You know, what I mean, I watched it like the first showing it had, and I was so excited. And I was like, and I got there like an hour early because there was. This is going to be the best kevin smith movie everybody's gonna be there i got there and there's like 20 people there yeah yes grizz strike back rates lower than reboot and i'll tell you why when we get there number seven zach and mary make a porno 
I think this movie's this movie's fantastic. Um, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have that. It 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 has a little bit of Kevin Smith with it being more. You know, not Kevin Smith, but um, that not that that makes sense. But I love this movie. This movie has a lot of rewatchability for me. I probably watch it every couple months. I think it's. I I quote it all the time. That's. I quote this movie constantly. Can I get some coffee? Black. Can you see I'm talking white? Like this movie is just. It gave you the Dutch rudder for God's sakes. Right. So the best part of Jane Silent Bob reboot is on Morris Day and the time show up. Yes. Zach and Miriam fucking time. Yep. I love, like I said, I love this movie when, when they're doing the anal scene and he's like, watch that pull out. I'm down here. And he like, she, he opens the door and she frosting like a cake. Dude, this movie, <laughs> this movie is so good. Uh, number six, Jane Silent Bob reboot. And here we go, Chris. Here's why I rate reboot higher than strike back. Like I said, we see Jay and Silent Bob take this whole trip through all these other movies, but reboot is the first time they actually give you a reason to care about these characters. They give these characters some heart. They give these characters a purpose to be, you know, a little bit more of a purpose than just being background. There's, there's more to Jay and Silent Bob that kind of ties the glue to all of the other characters in the view skew universe as they take the trip through this movie. And I, when they take the trip again. Yeah. Well, yeah. When they take pretty much the same trip again, but I just feel like that, that heart and there's a little bit more depth to these characters and, and Jason Mewes kills his performance in, in reboot. So that's why I rank reboot higher than strikes back. Number five clerks too. I mean, fantastic movie. The Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud. I mean, come on, right? Especially for the the front and center. Mm, She's so hot. She is so hot. But, but yeah, Clerks Two. Number four, Mallrats. Mallrats is actually my one of my all time favorite Kevin Smith movies. I I love Mallrats. I love just the characters. I love Stan Lee in this movie. It just it's that nineties nostalgia feeling of hanging out at the mall, something you don't see anymore, you know? You can't you don't see really see people do anymore and especially with since the mall's dying, but just just the game show, Brody, T S, the whole crew, beating up the Easter bunny, staring at the the schooner, you know, mall rats. You dumb bastard. <laughs> right. Sailboat. Mallrats number four. Number three, Dogma. Who doesn't love Dogma? Again, Jay and Silent, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob stuff, the angels, you know, God being Alanis Morissette. Where they go to hell, no worse, Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, I love Dogma. Fantastic movie. You got Ben Affleck and young Matt Damon in it. Number two, Chasing Amy. It's, it speaks for itself. I think it's probably one of Kevin Smith's better movies. Um, but that's why I put it at number two. I like the story. I like kind of like even in that one, Jane and Bob come in and give you that pivotal moment and then they're gone. I love the, the comic book aspect of it. There's a lot of, I feel like his life and references to his craft in chasing Amy. And then number one, of course, clerks. You can't go wrong with Clerks, the original. 
the movie that put Kevin Smith on the map. Without Clerks, you have no any other Kevin Smith movie. So you gotta cop out. Yeah, you don't have cop out, which that or yoga hosers. So that might be okay too. But but there you go. Clerks at number one. Yeah, I want to hear you guys' list. If you guys want to put together a list and you're a big, big fan of Kevin Smith, let me know in the comments what you think. Or if you're listening to us on the playback, let me know you know, in the reviews or anything like that what you think your definitive Kevin Smith movie is. Was I way off? Was I right on? You know, these, Like I said, again, this is some just my opinion. Right, some you were way off. Some I was way off? What, what, would you, way off. what would you do differently? First off, my number one would be Dogma. Number one would be Dogma. Because the, it's just from beginning to end, it's just you could tell when he was writing Dogma that he was on fire. Right? Even in the beginning when he makes fun of the platypus. Yeah. Like there's you could, everybody wanted to be in it. It was just it was that movie. Everybody, everybody was in it. It was great writing. It was hilarious. It made fun of religion. It pointed out how stupid religion is. It just Everything about it, you didn't say God bless you. You know, it was like everything about it. Like it just showed how stupid it, it, it my se- then my second would be Mallrats. Okay. Because Mallrats is just awesome. Everything about it. It's a great movie. Over clerks, huh? Over clerks. Jay and Silent Bob would be number three, strike back. Wow. Because it's fun and it's it's another thing too, is everybody was in it. Yeah, it was it was and it's 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 very in depth. It's very like a lot of the tropes of Jay and Silent Bob are in that movie. Like they busted out their card. They always talked about their card. Yeah, dumbass Tracy Morgan fucking talks to him about it. <laughs> Pumpkin they're, Escobar. They're way out of their thing, and they're still they're trying to get comfortable at the convenience store, and it's just not right. Like everything that they've done in all these movies, they do all the way through. Even the end of Mallrats shows Jay and Silent Bob walking, walking away with away. the monkey. Yep. I, with Suzanne. Every, everything about it was that was it, just how you said it tied together. Everything, like they 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 put everything into it. Yeah. You could tell that stupid Amy story like it was. Yeah. They everything that was is in that movie. Right. And it's just centered around them. They're not just these background characters that are goofy in here. Like it it was centered on them. And it was just. And then I think after that, after that would have to be clerks. Wow. Clerks at four, huh? Interesting. I would do Chase and Amy after that. Then I do Yoga Hosers because I fucking love Yoga Hosers. <laughs> it's, and then I would do Reboot. And then it would be uh, Red State I would do last. But the cool thing about Red State was it was free on demand. So Kevin Smith was ahead of his time releasing that movie for free to everybody. It didn't come out th- theaters first. It came out on demand first. Well, because nobody wanted to fund him. And he that was the first movie he where he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it myself. And so he just, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and put it out. And that's what he did with Red State. But 
So that that's what I liked about. But Red State would probably, and then Tusk, like you said, the first half of Tusk is awesome. And then you could tell exactly the exact second that he ran out of, all right, this story is going nowhere. Yeah, and it was what to do after you turned him into the walrus. Like, it's, I don't know what to do anymore. And uh, cop out, I didn't even put on the list. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's it's dumb. It, it's just it's a worthless movie. It's a hundred percent a worthless movie. And then Jersey Girl's up there too. I would, I'd put Jersey Girl after reboot and I, I enjoy watching it it's pretty funny i think it is too and it's got good rewatch value to it and like i said i love george carlin in that movie and it's just it's just a good movie man it's i don't know you can always tell that stupid amy story <laughs> i love that amy story it's so good that's just a guy in a neckerchief moviepoopshoot.com mm-hmm. we're gonna make them eat our asses while they eat your asses and eat their shit while we eat their shit it's, I mean and then at the end when they're when they used all their money that they got to beat up everybody that talks shit to them on the internet awesome yeah what better way to end a movie I got my clerks too is that a bible the holy fucking bible <laughs> I forgot about clerks too. That one's not bad. You should read your Bible, sirs. But that's it. That's my definitive Kevin Smith list. Uh, I mean, Kyle's a big Kevin Smith fan too, and it sounds like we've got some discrepancies. Grizz has some discrepancies, and Wilson Phillip right. has discrepancies. So, like I said, it's it's interesting to to hear what everyone's taking is, but that's that's just mine. Um, like I said, I can. What are you gonna do? Hit me with that fish? <laughs> what the fuck happened to that guy's head? But most the there's yoga hosers and cop out are like the two hard ones for me to stomach from him. And I can watch cop out every now and then, but I just think Bruce Willis is the worst part of that. I I appreciate what Tracy Morgan tried to do in saving that movie. He almost had to overact. To, to try to save that movie, but and Wilson Phillips says no. I just have taste. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's get into uh, my top five release books for this week. Coming in at number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one seventeen. A winner is crowned in the Jenica battle of the bands, and the two old foes make a surprising uh, revelation as the TMT and allies prepare to make mutant towns. In a new direction. Important steps towards the next chapter of Team and T Saga are made. The importance of this issue is it is the return of the Shredder in the last couple pages. This this continues that whole like Bebop and Rocksteady versus Toka and Razor storyline that we were all hyped for, and it kind of ends where Jenica's like, We're gonna have a battle of the bands, and they're so good, Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady just give up. They don't even play. They just give up. So this whole storyline kind of fucking fizzled out for me, but Turtle fan. Yeah, they're so good they just didn't play. Yep. They're so good. Bebop and Roxy just didn't play and walked away. That's stupid. Yep. So. Uh, number four. 
Shadow, Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, number three, written by Chip Zdarsky. It's a what-if story of what if Peter Parker became Venom. The greatest enemies of Spider-Man have band together to take the new version of Spider-Man down. They must act fast as their numbers dwindle at the hands of Spider-Man. Well, some of the plans for this, um, well, some plan for this demise, others like Reed Richards, the Fantastic Four, hope to save him. But it's too late to save the old Spider-Man or even Peter Parker. This is an awesome book, awesome story. Are you still reading this, Kyle? Nope. So good. He kills. He kills like everybody in this in this story. Like in the in this book, the Sinister Six come together to try and to try and trap him to stop him from going on his rampage. Eddie Brock is the new Doctor Octopus because he didn't become Venom. So kind of the same thing where. He lost his job because of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, so he kills Dr. Octopus and becomes a new Doc Ock. And that's enough. Spider-Man is just going on a rampage, killing everybody. He pretty much kills, damn near kills, he leaves Craven alive, but he kills Electro and Rhino, and he's just going on a war path for everybody. And J. Jonah Jameson actually stops him in this issue and removes the symbiote. And that's where I'm going to stop with that one because it's a good book. How, he removes it in a certain way. You don't really see how he removes it, but it, Reed Richards has it, and and things are getting kind of dicey in the next issue. So it's with his penis, then probably. I'm just trying not to root for people. I just want to gauge your interest, so you read it without giving too much away. Number three this week: Cherry Blackbird, rock star Cherry Blackbird sold her soul for fame. Now at the age of 26, this time uh, the time is running short. The day she turned 27, she'll be dragged to hell. But Cherry is not one to go quietly. The devil tastes her and collects seven, or tests her, tasks her, God, I can't read, to collect seven demonic souls that have escaped the abyss. If she can do this before her next birthday, she'll be released from her infernal pact and spared eternal damnation. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. If you could find this book, it is definitely worth picking up for one simple fact that literally like the first four to five pages all right it starts with a guy and his girl in bed and the guy starts begging her to stick a dildo up his ass good for him and and she like the devil comes out of his ass and rips it open. Dude, and, you know dude, what? The devil has come out of mine a couple times. Yeah. It's wild. It's a wild book. And I'm definitely going to go back for issue two because how crazy it it's is. It's butt play. So that was number three. Number two this week is uh, Bunny Mask. The fucking book one. was awesome. Yes, it was. Seal in a cave before the, the dawn of man released by a crazy madman. Bunny Mask walks our world once more, but for what dark purpose does she use her unnatural powers? Did, Did so you read it? I I have it's so it good, awesome it is, and I especially like the the ambassador the aftershock ambassador cover for it. It's pretty dope. I can't. Tomorrow we'll be reviewing that one as well. Nice. What other books are you reviewing tomorrow? We're doing Geiger. Ish is doing none because he doesn't like doing reviews. Oh, but we're doing. He, he didn't want to read anything this week. Um, we're doing Maniac in New York. Mm-hmm. We're doing Bunny Mask. We're doing uh, Geiger. Uh, 
uh, Gotham, Future State, Future State Gotham, the Red Hood story. Uh huh. And what else did I read? I read something else. I don't even remember right now. God damn it. Your kid told you, guess. Well, speaking of that, that brings me to number one. Minneapolis, New York, number five was the number one book I read this week. The horrifying ride of the death train has come to its final stop. And Gina Greena is now the most hated woman in New York. Scapegoated for the I blood. That was a little choppy. Yes. Scapegoated for the blood on the city's hands. Life goes on, and now um, no one has learned the right lesson. Just as Maniac Henry rears his masked face once again. I did. I found it a little bit choppy, too. I found it like there was really no resolve to it. But the reason for that, I think, is because they announced Volume 2 is coming in, in 2022. So Volume 2 for this book is coming next year. But yeah, it was a little choppy. and it, looked, it was a little bit all over the place. Yeah. But and, what I love about this book and Bunny Mask is the art. And they're done by the same artist. Yes. But I love the watercolor usage. I love the art in both of these books. Um, Maniac in New York, if you like Friday the 13th and all those horror stuff, I would definitely suggest checking out this book. It's it's a great read. Um, I'm sure you can still get issues one through four as five, and five as well. Although they were hard to find. Issue one was really hard to find. It was, real, it was a low print run. I find it hard. I had to tell you twice to put on pants already. Who are you trying to tell to put on pants? <laughs> no one needs to put on pants. We're living in a world where no pants are needed anymore. But that's that's it. That's my uh, top five books for this week. If you're in there to comic shop, pick them up, check them out. Let me know what you think. If you've already read them, let me know what you think of the books this week. Um, and let me know. I'd be interested to hear what you thought were the best books this week were. Uh, let's get in to talk about Sweet Tooth a little bit. You said you just started watching Sweet Tooth, huh? I just started, yeah, like, I, I'm, like, halfway through, like, the first dish episode, maybe, where the dude had just showed up to the fence line, uh-huh. and the dad left to go kill him, or whatever he go did. Go find him, yeah, because he whatever he, Yeah, whatever he did, he got out that biohazard needle. Uh-huh. Stuck it to the end of his, like, little rod. Yeah, and then, like, tied that little pink, uh ribbon around it mm-hmm. and then he came back and he could tell he had the the virus he had the sick the sick the, the sick. sick have you read this this book no i didn't read i used to have it i think i sold it probably I remember we, got a, we got a couple collections brian and we were buying collections where we had a a few runs of this yeah i i liked it i've already i've already watched all of the episodes. Um, I love the first episode. I, I like where they're going. I see like a lot of people are, tr- are, are h- hammering it because it doesn't go into the more like, I don't want to say graphic, but dark nature that the, the comic does. Cause in the, mm-hmm. in the whole comic, the big man, as he calls him, he, his whole thing is he's taking sweet tooth back to this corporation be, and the government because they have his wife's dead body and he makes a deal with them to, to switch where if they bring him, if he brings them sweet tooth, they give him his wife back. And so he kind of befriends them, but then betrays them and then saves them where you kind of don't get that here. They, I don't want to ruin it too much for you because you're, you know, you're only in the first episode, but it's, it, it takes a little bit of steps 
from the graphic novel. There's still plenty from the graphic novel in there, but it doesn't take that that harsher, darker undertones that the the graphic novel has in it. But I'm sure you're going to get more of that in season two because it lives on a huge cliffhanger. I hope we get a season two of this show, unlike Jupiter Legacy. But I, I, you know, I had a, we talked about it on MCM and I said, I think this really hurt the, I know these got the Millar, but it's not Miller. It's Millar, everybody. Um, I know there's a big deal sign, but I think this really hurt what he was trying to do. Yeah. Like I, I had a feeling that this wasn't going to be renewed for season two. I didn't like Jupiter Legacy at all. Like I couldn't finish Jupiter Legacy. Like I, I, I got well issue five. Like she just started snorting the blue, the blue crystals, uh, and I could, I can't get past it. Like it, I just, it's, just, it's so boring. Yeah, I think it just kind of putzed along. What I, I really liked the when it went back in time. Yeah, as them going there. I wish they would have done I wish they would have done like two solid episodes of that or a solid episode of that instead of the little chunks in between and then kept the story going. I think it would have made it different, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But but Sweet Toots is definitely worth checking out. It's it's a family show. It's definitely worth watching with your kids if you want to get into watching something new with your kids this summer if you're living in Arizona and it's the devil's asshole outside and you don't want to go or you know, go out or wherever. If you live anywhere else that's not beautiful in the summertime and you want to be out on the lake, definitely check out Sweet Tooth with your kids. It's it's a good show. Um, and now, what about the next one here? The last thing is Loki. Did you watch the first episode of Loki? Not yet. I can't find my Amazon Fire Stick remote. Oh, dude, I've I tried to watch this. I watched this three times, and two times I fell asleep. It's not that it after I finally saw it, I was like, all right, I see what they're doing here, but I don't, I don't know why they felt like making this show. Like, I don't know what this show is going to do. It, essentially I can, well, I can tell what it's going to do. It's just there for the, the whole multiverse stuff. And I'd be interested to see, like I was waiting to, to watch Grizz tonight who didn't have a show, by the way, wait to watch Again? Grizz tonight to, to see what they thought of the first episode of Loki, because I know he was hyped up for it. But the the whole time variance thing in that they did the big revelation that oh the Avengers were supposed to go back in time and the Infinity they pretty much made the Infinity Stones next to meaningless because they got a whole drawers full of them and I just <laughs> yeah, look full of them. if you're watching this show and you watch the big reveal at the end and you don't think it's female Loki I don't know what to tell you because. They've made such a big deal of you knowing that Loki is gender fluent over the last couple weeks. That I was hoping it was Mephesto so he could be like, see, finally. Yeah, they they try to set it up like that, but it's not. It's I We're not gonna fall for that twice. No. I have a feeling that the they're using a Loki to catch a Loki. They're using this this variant of Loki to catch a Loki, and it's I, I have a big feeling it's the female Loki because they've How done so much. You catch them with another Loki. That's right. They've done so much to to push the fact that Loki is gender fluent over the last couple of weeks that it's it's kind of like right there in your face. 
So I would say check it out. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you thought it was boring. I hope it gets better going from here. But, I mean, Owen Wilson didn't even – he didn't even say wow once, I don't think. I was kind of disappointed by that. He didn't say wow. 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 But, it, I don't know. I might have to watch it a fourth time, but I was not impressed with the first episode of Loki. I know a lot of people liked it, but I was just kind of like, I don't. It was the highest watch. It beat uh, it, Wanda and uh, that stupid other Falcon show. Falcon Winter Soldier. It had higher numbers than both of them combined. Seriously? Yep. For opening day to watch it. I don't see it. I don't understand why. I know. I know Loki has a big following, though, but. I just I was like okay we'll see where it goes from here, but wasn't it's impressed. Been episode two, yeah, <laughs> and then three wasn't impressed by episode one. Like I said I had to watch it three times before I could watch it all the way through without falling asleep. But I don't know. That's it. That's it. That's all I got for this week. That's we're done. Though. That's it. Wow. That's it. Why don't you tell uh tell people what they can uh, expect from you boys over at MCM tomorrow night. So tomorrow, the wonderful Ish will be joining us along with Mr. Marco and uh, Dollar from uh, the Spec 10 show over there at Tales from the Flipside. Um, is your slides going in reverse? Well, I just moved them back to the top, yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing our top five um, Bruce Tim covers. Ooh. So that that was a lot of fun because I, you really forget how many fucking badass covers he has. Did you do the Mary Jane one that he had, did a while ago with her like dancing on it? No. It was going to be my honorable mention, but I did I didn't end up doing it. But we're going to be talking Loki tomorrow. Um, we'll be talking Unicorn Second Print. That book got a second print. And it's yes. isn't it a trade too? Like you can get the whole story in a trade. Yeah. So the issue one went to second print. It's pink. Um, we should be talking more about EGS. Yeah. What is EGS? It's um expert grading service. It's another grading company. Okay. So last week we um, if, I don't know if any of you guys, well, I know some of you guys in here saw it, but a few weeks ago we I ish brought it up, so we. I shipped off Unicorn and uh, a variant of Ice Cream Man to get graded. And then Marco. Have you got him back Marco, yet? No, not yet. They've only had him since for like a week. Okay. I, they say it's a 21-day turnaround. but And then we last week we talked about Marco pulled out a whole bunch of books. And we dwindled down to like five or six books to, to grade out and, you know, to see how, how they grade. Are so, they cheaper it, than CGC? Comparable to CGC? It's about the same. About the same? It's about the same. The cool thing is you get to pick your own labels. Oh. You get to, and you can make your own custom, you can have them make their own custom labels. Ooh. So like the unicorn book, I did like pink and purple. Uh-huh. And then like ice cream man, I did like blue and green. So... <laughs> Solo says EGS expert grading and shit <laughs> for real. 
No. And I want to ask him to come on the show, but I don't want to ask him until after my books are graded. I don't want to ask him before because then they're like, do they, will they try to grade my books better or will they try to be harder on my books because they know they're going to be coming on and doing an interview? But what I'd like to do is get them on the show after I get them back and then open them while I'm talking to them. Is there a market for, for these books? Like, I know, like, are they looked at like PGX books or are they kind of? I think it's they've. I think it's so new they're not even really being looked at yet. Yeah, it's just you know what I mean. I think it's just so new, and I think so. Why you know why be? It's not. I think it's nice that we're right on that cusp of seeing how they grade and how their cases look and how their labels look and how everything comes out, you know, and how they seal it. And I think it'll be kind of cool seeing all that. Hmm. And Ish Ish brought these guys, or how how did you find them from Ish? For Ish was talking about them because he's seen some of their graded books at uh, the Scottsdale Con. Oh wow! Like that was a month ago, and he brought it up to us. So when we were doing the show, we brought it up, and we brought the website up, and we were like, "Fuck it!" Let's. I was like, "Fuck it! I'll grade some books." There you go. Let's do it. All right. So it was like it was like sixty bucks to have them graded. Nice for well, two bucks, two books. I mean, two books of insurance. Remind everyone where they can catch you and Marco and Ish and the rest of the boys over at MCM tomorrow night. You can find us over on the Tales from the Flipside channel. Um, I, I'm sure, sure if you type that into YouTube, you'll find it. Yeah, you will. And uh, just just hit that bell for. And uh, just hit that bell so you know when we go live Saturday night, 7 p.m. Arizona time. And in two weeks, we're going to have Tony on, Tony Fleece on, to do the last issue of Stray Dogs. And I think we're actually having the artist Trish on as well. Nice. So we're going to have the artist and the writer Stray Dogs on in two weeks to to give us the final wrap-up of Stray Dogs. Guys, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're listening to this and you're not reading Stray Dogs, you need to, to go to your local shop and get some of these second and third prints because this is after the last issue. I've never a comic has not made me feel the feels the last issue of Stray Dogs did. It's such a good book. Um, Tony is killing it writing that writing that book. Trisha's art is amazing. So if you and guys, that issue they re- and then Tony really gets. Uh solo to open up about his family and about you know his extended family so yeah if you really want to know if you really want to know more about solo and his family listen to the episode that we had tony on and wilson phillips is going to hit someone's mom's bell apparently uh it's your mom's bell <laughs> but yeah guys if you're not watching mcm and, and kyle and marco and the boys over there it's doing their thing deal. Definitely make sure to check that out on Saturday nights over on the Tales from the Flipside channel. Um, it's good stuff. They're all, I'll be in the chat probably. They're they're always pretty entertaining over there. Um, but I want to say big thanks to everyone in the chat. And went to Phil and Wilson Phillips, Grizzle Geek Ish Solo Corbin for stopping Mogwai. by. Mogwai, good Sorry, to see Corbin. you again. Um, Grizzle Geek. Corbin again, Aaron, everyone who stopped by tonight. Thank you so much. 
It was fantastic seeing your beautiful faces. So to fill you all in and what Kyle was talking about and Grips were talking about, um, I have been scouring for new hosts to join me on the Absolutely Cop podcast because I did one episode by myself and it was a kind of a train wreck. And Kyle's been dope enough to come on the last two episodes we've done um, as a as a favor because he likes hanging out, I guess. But um, so Couch Crunchers, Sam and not Sam, sorry. <laughs> uh, you got Lance. the name Sam. Lance, thank you. And Max are going to be joining me as hosts, recurring hosts of the Absolute Geek podcast starting in July. Still looking to add more hosts to the show. So if you're interested, still still keep it up. Um, I think we're going to have Ish on some. We're going to try and uh, try and work everybody in. So if you want to give give it a shot to be a host on the Absolute Geek podcast, hit me up at absolutegeekpodcast at gmail.com or Iggy Podcast on Twitter or on Facebook, anywhere the social media say, hey, I want to give it a shot to be a host and see what if I can do it. See if you have a, the opportunity or the chops to be as entertaining as Kyle or if you're going to be a dud like Tim who's been on here several times and just sat there like a bump on a log. But, you know, <laughs> what what's the worst that happens? You just don't talk? Eh, shit happens. Oh, well. But, but yeah. Guys, if you had a good time tonight, please make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and click the bell notification so you know when we go live every Friday night here at the Absolute Geek Podcast. Again, I want to thank Kyle for joining me tonight. Make sure to check him out and all the rest of the guys over at MCM tomorrow night. Tales from the flip side. It's going to be a good show. And if you haven't seen his interviews with Tony uh, before, Tony Fleece, go back and watch those because they're really entertaining. He's a super entertaining guy. And for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And we'll see you guys next time. I'll hit your mom's bell.